Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Better Question podcast. Uh, my name is Steve Allen, and with us is also Kent Sievers, as always. Present. And we have a special guest today on our podcast, and that is my lovely colleague, friend, and wife, Jennifer Lee Allen. <laughs> we have a better, and that just brings me to what A Better Question podcast is. And what we're trying to do with this podcast is to tackle tough questions by learning from people. And so all of us are familiar with all the griping, all the uh, topics on on social media that people gripe about. And it's like uh, an echo chamber or, you know, they stick within their own circles and, and, and their voice bounces back to them. Don't really get any headway or make progress or learn from anyone. We want it to be different with our podcast. We want to take the kind of unhurried time to listen to um, individual perspectives on, on matters that mean the most to us today. And so with that, we have Jennifer Allen, and I'm going to have her introduce herself. Uh, today's topic, we're going to be talking about the issue of vaccines. Uh, certainly COVID-19 would be a part of that discussion. We're going to end up uh, with a little bit of discussion on vaccines, but we want to ask Jen's kind of general background and then what her experience has been going through this uh, pandemic here the past year. And so with that, Jennifer Allen, thank you for being with us. We're so glad to have fresh perspective instead of hearing myself and Kent <laughs> wax eloquent. We get to have uh, a person that everybody wants to hear from. So if you could That's take right. a moment and introduce yourself and what do you do? And and then we'll get into some of our questions. Hello, I am very happy to be here. Um, thank you guys for asking me on. Um, I have to say, I listen to a lot of podcasts. This is my first appearance on a podcast. So I'm a little bit nervous, but I think you guys will treat me kindly. You're going to do that. Um, I, <laughs> I um, am married to Steve and I have been um, a friend of Kent's for many, many years. So if there's any bias, that would probably be, <laughs> be it. Um, I am a registered nurse. I've been a nurse since the year 1999. So quite, quite a while um, in a variety of settings and capacities. Um, currently I do work full time at a location that I will not disclose because I do not come on here as a representative of my employer. This is purely my, um, opinions and thoughts and feelings about, um, the current situation of the, the COVID pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so that's great. I don't know what else to say. Nope, that is that's fantastic. And Ken, I know you had an initial question that you wanted to ask, so I'll let you go first. No, for sure. Thanks for uh, giving a, a quick background. Uh, how much I know, you know, we don't have to dive into where it is that you work, but how much do you are you affected in your personal job by the pandemic? So um, we do not admit patients with active COVID-19 into our 
um, into the place where I work. Um, we have been affected since the very beginning, obviously, with um, having to shut down visitation and have restrictions on that. Um, also, just the way that we do our jobs with um, wearing masks all the time. And there's been different iterations of protective gear that we've needed to wear just as research and the case numbers have changed throughout the last year. Mm -hmm. um, we've had to ch kind of change our processes to go along with that. Um, currently, we do have a COVID-19 um, negative pressure unit, which basically is a place where it makes it safer for staff to care for people with active COVID-19. It takes the air and it just doesn't circulate it through the hospital. It um, takes it out of the building. Um, so that, and then also we have like all of the, you know, layers of protective equipment. So we do care for people with COVID-19, with active COVID-19. And um, I have felt comfortable and confident in doing so. Um, just that our, my employer has taken care of us in that. Mm -hmm. Not that it's been totally smooth, but. Um, and then also we get uh, what we call post-COVID patients. Mm -hmm. um, and we have had a variety of people, ages, um, different presentations of what COVID-19 has done to their bodies and the different kinds of rehabilitation that they need after that has been, uh, it's been eye-opening and um, just really interesting that this disease is so unpredictable and mm -hmm. potentially devastating for people. Yeah, I think to follow up with that question, so I love, I mean, it was very clear on what, what your current practice, what you're doing in your workplace. And I just want to know how personally um, what this experience coming from kind of a nursing and a medical background, what, you know, when the, when the pandemic started, what your experiences look like mm -hmm. and just what you were feeling and thinking about. And I imagine you, you were concerned well before <laughs> many of us who have uh, different, different jobs. Mm -hmm. um, but just what was your experience like? So I feel like in uh, medical training um, in our jobs, we are, we learn about pandemics and we learn about um, PPE, protective equipment and how to wear it, how to, when do you, when to wear it. Um, we learn about disease spread and different theories and all of that. Um, I've, while we learn that, I, me personally, probably other people maybe who aren't as optimistic. <laughs> um, I didn't really believe that I would face a pandemic in my career. Because um, mm -hmm. I saw, you know, Ebola and SARS and MERS and swine flu and bird flu and all that um, come and go. Um, and with relative little disruption in my life and in my career. Um, and probably those things and then other professionals sounding alarms that, that the big pandemic would be coming 
should have been enough to get us prepared in our minds and, and to have the appropriate equipment and stuff. But, you know, we weren't as prepared maybe as we should have been. I don't know. I don't really want to get into that unless you guys have a specific question on that. Um, but watching it spread from China and then get to Italy and then kind of spread across the UK and then it came to the US and um, it was, it felt like a wave, a tidal wave kind of coming mm -hmm. for us. Um, I'm sure probably a lot of people felt like that. Um, what I do in those situations is I prepare as best as I can and I try not to freak out um, because freaking out does not really help anybody. Um, mm -hmm. So I, you would see on my Amazon cart, you know, um, UV lights. I bought UV lights. I had procedures on, you know, when we started getting, when, when the day came that I would have to start taking care of COVID-19 patients, I had like procedures on when I came home from work, what was I going to do? I was going to take off my clothes, put them directly in the washing machine, you know, shower, UV light, everything. And so I had a plan in place for everything. Um, and I, there was a heightened anxiety because of all of the unknowns. Mm -hmm. um, you know, first, even at work, we were told like, nope, we're not going to wear masks. And then really that only took like a week before they were like, yeah, we're going to start wearing masks. Um, and, you know, the research, you know, I don't know, the research has been back and forth on that, but um, I think it's pretty clear that some of those things are just really important for mitigating the spread of this. Um, but then it was like every, it felt like every week something would change. You know, we'd have visitors and we wouldn't have visitors. And then I don't know. It was a lot of uncertainty, fear, but I tend to not um, go to the place of freaking out in my fear i tend to go to a place of your problem your problem solver yeah. yeah i'm a problem solver and i take action that's why i'm alive today <laughs> <laughs> i had my pandemic pantry and <laughs> i was prepared um but i mean i understand because i you know have a medical background a lot of people you know were very, very frightened and still are very, very frightened. Yeah. So we've kind of heard on a very small scale, you felt, it sounds like you felt like in a work context, um, you felt like the response was, yeah, we probably should have been more delayed, but, um, we've been very reactive to, to learning new things. Right. Um, and you felt like, yeah, this is, um, you felt comfortable at least with as comfortable as you can with those, those steps. It sounds like. Yeah. I mean, at my work, we have not had the shortages that other places have of protective equipment and things. Mm -hmm. Um, in the beginning, like we were reusing N95s, which is not normal practice. Mm -hmm. Um, and mm -hmm. currently we are, but not as much, um, just for like a day you were, you could use them for two days. Um, 
yeah, I feel like where my work has not been perfect. Um, and there's still things that, you know, I'm talking with management about. There has been really strong leadership in the face of really crazy times. Mm -hmm. And I do not envy the people in charge. For sure. And I'm the type of person that like when they gave us the choice of getting fit tested for an N95, um, I was like, yep, I'm going to do it. Cause I wanted to be the person who could be protected and appropriately prepared. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, no, that sounds great. I, I want to kind of ask some specifics about the virus and about some mm -hmm. reactions to that, if that's okay. Um, one thing specifically, mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of people who say a lot of things about protective equipment and um, in terms of the public, as mm -hmm. I understand the, the, the communication around masks and encouragement slash mandate to wear masks that for the most part, masks protect others from your germs, which is why they haven't, uh, that I say they, it depends where you are. Um, but there's not a lot of push for like eye coverings necessarily for the public because it's more about, you're containing your germs mm -hmm. in your mask. Is that, is that accurate? Um, yes, there is, um, some evidence that an appropriately worn mask would protect you as well. Um, okay. I mean, obviously the, well, not obviously to everybody, but the best type of mask are like the N95s where those would protect you and others but the public is not really supposed to wear those. Um, but if you appropriately wear a mask consistently, you are going to protect yourself and others. Okay. Now, if you like really want to protect others, you don't go out when you're coughing and sick. Right. <laughs> and we should have been doing that all along for every, for the influenza and everything. But that's another topic. Sure. Maybe. Um, can you, uh, just for my clarification, I have a picture in my mind of what an N95 is, but is it just like the face shield and like in combination with the mask or what, what's an N95? So an N95, um, most, they, they stick away from your face a little bit mm -hmm. and there's a tight seal around mm. your face, like okay. around your nose and I'm pointing, nobody can see me, but around <laughs> your mouth and your nose. Um, and then it's got five layers, I believe like medical masks have three layers. They're saying the cloth mask should have at least two layers. Um, and 95s, I believe I'm 99% sure have five layers of protection. And then there's KN95s that don't have this the same type of seal that some people are recommending now for just average people to wear. Um, and they also have five layers, but they don't have the same type of seal, but they do fit tighter. Okay. Does that? Yeah, no, absolutely. And then a face shield, like when we're working directly with COVID patients or with anybody who we suspect has COVID, we wear the N95 
um, and a face shield. Okay. And a gown and another mask. Gotcha. So theoretically, um, why, why don't you think that N95s have been pushed for the public or mandated for the public? Um, I think it's mostly because, well, for one thing, you have to have it be a proper fit and to work properly, you have to be fit tested, okay. which is a process. Um, and also, I just don't think it's, they've been widely available. Mm, okay. There is hasn't, there hasn't been enough for the medical people. So mm. to go have the why you know the public go buy them all or drive up the cost for the people who are caring for covid patients in a more like personal way in a more direct way yeah but i don't know i mean should the grocery workers have at least the kn95s because they're front and center yeah on the front line probably but Yeah, it strikes me that, yeah, that's a striking question, I think, uh, to un unpack. Um, did you have further questions about that? Because I wanted to not no. switch gears. It's along the same lines. But <clears throat> I just I'm, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts about how. So we've had the luxury of having a year go by and to be able to look back on on how things were handled. Mm hmm. <clears throat> how would you say as as a whole this nation has handled the whole, approach yeah. i mean you talked about your your workplace being overall pretty good okay yeah. and uncertainty but overall as a nation think, locally as well i'll start in the big picture i think we could have been better prepared as far as a national stockpile of things of the N95s and ventilators. Um, I think that we could have been more open and truthful about the seriousness of COVID-19 from the very beginning um, and just getting people prepared. I know that people in power or people at the top didn't want everyone scared, but from my perspective, uh, informed, informed citizens are better prepared to handle crisis than people who are not, who are taken by, everything's like a shock or a surprise. Mm -hmm. um, so that from the top perspective, now I, I think in Nebraska, we have done a really good job of individualizing our shutdowns and our lockdowns or whatever you call them. Um, to uh, rules, I guess, that, that fit our population and our virus levels and that kind of thing. Um, do I agree with everything that Governor Ricketts has done? No, but I do think he's done a pretty good job. Um, and then our mayor, I, I mean, she's one of my, I don't know that I'd say idols, but I think she's just a strong woman who has faced a lot of criticism and I feel like she's done a great job in her leadership role. Um, and then, I mean, even just like the CEOs of our health systems and everything, I feel like 
there's just been great leadership in our community. Um, now, what I wish maybe would have been better is that every state would have had the same kind of leadership um, to be able to have, to just, I don't know, handle it better. Um, and I don't necessarily disagree with the Trump administration um, giving the states the power to do what's best for their state. I do wish that there would have been more guidance and more empowering to um, to make good decisions, um, whether that's giving them more money or just even guidance from the CDC. And I feel like, um, I don't know, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but there's been a lot of question over our scientists and I know they have not, you know, just the whole back and forth with masks. I mean, it's been confusing, but I feel like there has been a silencing or a sidelining of the scientists who could maybe help to guide us more and better through this. Um, I don't know, being told that, oh yeah, if you go into a lockdown and then in three weeks, everything's gonna be fine. No, I mean, that's just, trying to like i don't even know what it is trying quick, to put quick solution to yeah other problems well, that will arise or something yeah so, it's just not a realistic approach to a pandemic yeah so uh are you kind of referring to like the china example of they they uh, at least the narrative i've heard is that they locked down really harshly and slowly opened back yeah. up is that what you're talking about? Well, I was more referring to um, uh, uh, officials who will remain nameless saying like, <laughs> you can use names this is in the rear view mirror. <laughs> like it's, you know, we're just around the corner. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to be back to normal. Um, that would be Donald Trump, right? Yeah. yeah. And just the, the top not being realistic about the, the threat of the virus, I think has really because I come from a medical perspective, but I also have kids who are in school and I cannot imagine if my kids were not in school. Um, and the states that are locked down still and not the kids are not in school, like I just, I feel terrible. And I know that suicides are up and substance abuse is up and it's all this whole picture that we can't ignore. You can't ignore any one part of it or it doesn't work. Yeah. You're not going to have a good outcome. Gotcha. If you don't think about all of it, because you can't ignore the financial ramifications. But I mean, like Steve and I, we went on vacations. We didn't lock down our lives. Um, mm -hmm. We were just smart about things. We wore masks. You know, we saw Stay my parents. Um, but like I would wear masks and encourage them to wear masks. And I mean, we even gathered for the holidays, but we wore masks and we ate separate from everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so mental health is seriously important, but if you're not gonna take the physical health serious, you can't really take the financial and the medical and the mental, I don't know. So you're saying there's a whole picture and 
Ignoring. What I'm hearing you say is it feels like we, we give kind of a binary choice. Yeah. You, you, um, like it's not nuanced enough. It's yes. not carefully considered on all levels. At least yes. the rhetoric in the public sphere is yes. mostly like, look, if you mask us, it's against our freedom. And, and then we're saying, and, and then the reasons for, for, for not masking or, or a mandate or a shutdown, the reasons are we're going to go mentally insane, which is partly true. I feel that way, even though I'm not necessarily <laughs> locked down. So I totally get that side, but it's, it is so like stark where it's so black and white. Yes. Like if I'm, you know, I, I lose my freedom when I'm mass and I'm, I'm I have to shelter in. And you're saying, let's have more nuanced conversation about yes. all. Yeah, because if you, lose, you have to deal with the physical side of any one saying? piece, it's not the the thing doesn't work together. Mm-hmm. And it's like with, I mean, with healthcare, it's like you do the ABCs, airway, breathing, circulation. Like if somebody's not breathing, if their airway's not open, their heart can't pump. Like you have to deal with the things that are first first and then everything mm-hmm. works together mm-hmm. I know, that doesn't maybe make well, sense so, but so it's what like, you're saying is what i'm saying is wear a mask keep the numbers down and then you can have i mean and that's too oversimplified because wearing a mask isn't going to do it all but try to keep the numbers down and then we can have an open financial or an open workforce. get back to some get back sort to some of sort of semblance of normal, of normal. Yeah. Anyway, soapbox. Yeah, no, that's that's great thought. Um, yeah, what in terms of, you know, kind of getting out of your area of expertise um, into mm-hmm. and, and we already kind of have um, into more of the <laughs> leadership questions. Um, do you think that I, I don't know, you know, do you think you would have behaved differently during the holidays if you weren't a nurse, you know, um, masking up in your home with other families? Um, do you mm-hmm. simultaneously think that mask mandates are the way to go, even though you recommend, you know, is that is that a bunch of hooey to say, well, I believe in masks, but I'm not going to mandate masks. That's been our governor's um, stance on it. It's been a lot of people's stance on it. I think, um, do you think Mm -hmm. that's garbage or do you think there's strong evidence for that? Um, so somewhere in the middle, (laughs) I, I, my, my ideal preference would be that people look at the evidence and say, okay, masks are going to help, you know, to what degree, don't know, you know, if I wear my mask properly in the proper situation, it's going to help my neighbor. And they then they go out and they wear their mask when they're at the store. If everybody would do that, that would be great. But people don't. Mm-hmm. And so then they're putting everybody at risk. And I, I, so I don't know. I don't feel like putting a mask mandate is like a huge infringement on my rights silence crickets um no, i know <laughs> we're, we're trying to find out I what just, you think yeah we care about what you think not 
Yeah, I think everybody should wear a mask in the appropriate situation. Now, we need to have probably a better discussion about how to wear the mask and where to wear the mask. and Because it isn't totally black and white. If you wear a mask all the time that you're outside of your house, that is not necessary. But wearing a mask in the appropriate situations would help your neighbor. And so, and your neighbor being everybody, we live yeah. in a global society, like you mitigating the spread of COVID-19 to one person actually makes a difference. Sure. But so to, to back to Kent's yes. question too, like how would you have reacted differently if you weren't a nurse? Yeah. And you didn't, cause I think you've asked me this question before, were you concerned about a pandemic happening? And I yeah. said, absolutely not <laughs> in fact the stuff the stuff didn't get real until i was told to leave my office and go home and then i was still like it'll blow over in a couple months because and, we had gone to a hot spot over spring break right thinking that you know we could we're outside we're outside we're staying with friends it's not that big of a deal um but then both of our workplaces were like, nope, you've been to a hot spot. You got to stay home. Hmm. <laughs> so, you know, what, how would you have reacted though? Cause you know, I gave my scenario of me mm -hmm. and my thinking, but would you, I mean, it's hard to imagine yourself, not a nurse, but. Yeah. I think a mask mandate is good. Honestly, I think people are not in and of their own volition enough people are not going to do what they need to do or do the right thing for their neighbor. They're going to complain about wearing a mask and say it's uncomfortable, which it is. Um, and you can't breathe through them very well. And, but I feel like this situation is different. It's a pandemic on our entire globe. And we have had so many people die not just of COVID-19, but of the mental health ramifications of it and the financial ramifications of it, that wearing a mask is like a simple, cheap thing to do to help us get through the pandemic. Yeah, for sure. Do you think it's possible that uh, some of the pushback on masks has to do with some of the other shutdowns and lockdowns that have happened. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that at first I was like, well, come on, dummy, just wear a mask. Like, why is it such a big deal? But then if I ask a better question hey -o. and look at it, uh, Look amen, at it sister. from other people's <laughs> sides, like there are people who have serious claustrophobia issues, so they can't wear masks. And then there are people who can't breathe as well. Yeah. Who have asthma or whatever, and it's hard to, to breathe in a mask. Um, and then there's the people who genuinely think that somebody telling them that they have to wear a mask is an infringement on their rights. And I don't know, I feel like we could just have a very long conversation about that. But sure. if you're a true libertarian, 
then you would look at doing things for other people before yourself and you would make the decision to wear the mask. Right. That, yeah. So to kind of put it a different way, and this again is just for (laughs) clarification, just saying like, uh, and part of the, the the whole argument that's been made for any state action for COVID has been, well, it's not just that you're exposing yourself, you're, you're putting other people at risk. Right. And and that's so that that's kind of the, when you're saying libertarian, you're saying, well, right. It's, it's what affects other people. Are you endangering other people? Right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) are there other actions by the state travel bans, lockdowns, uh, limiting, parties, shutting down restaurants, bars, schools, are there things that you take issue with? What do you, what things do you think have been effective? Is there evidence that, um, shutting down these things has been effective? I think that the, in initially the shutdown was necessary because we did not know enough about the spread or the extent of the spread of the disease. We didn't know how like enough about how it behaved and stuff. So that, I think that was necessary while we kind of gathered our wits and figured out what was going on and also got more equipment and stuff. Um, But I feel like, in Nebraska, we have done a good job with not totally shutting down, but when things open up like bars, um, people just don't make the best decisions. They go and they crowd into the bars and they're drinking and, you know, whatever. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, what about, what about schools? You said that it's it's, very complicated. Sure. (laughs) Right. Uh, so what, what about schools? Cause you've said you're glad that Nebraska's open schools, right. Um, and there are places that haven't, and is it, it seems like to me that the powers that be are saying schools by and large are not a huge threat to spread. Is that your understanding? And talk a little bit more about schools specifically. That's what I've understood. Um, I totally understand from a teacher's perspective how scary it, the thought of teaching and this in a pandemic would be. And that's something that like, like as medical professionals, we understand the risk that we're signing up for. Now, whether or not we think it's actually going to happen is another story, but we do understand that. Um, teachers didn't sign up to work in a pandemic. Um, and so I understand their fear and their, their concern, but I feel like also they need to, or they should, and a lot of them have rise to the occasion and they should be supported in a way that they feel safe and feel comfortable teaching in person. Because like you said, 
while it is a very difficult scenario to teach in a mask and to teach during a pandemic, um, I think that the risk outweighs or the benefit outweighs the risk of keeping kids in school, in-person learning. Um, and then just, yeah, like you said, the transmission in school is low from what I've seen. Sure. So we're running out of time. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, because this has been such a great. Yeah. Can, great, do we have time uh, Steve, to talk? We haven't touched on vaccines yet. Is it, that, is it possible yep, to touch yep, on that? That's exactly quick? right. Let's, let's touch on the vaccines and then we'll, uh, we'll end along those lines. Um, and I did think about vaccines and, and part of, in, and you mentioned this in the beginning when you were describing there's a lot of fear out there with COVID. And I would say you get a mix of reactions about the vaccines. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, you have outlier ideas that, that Bill Gates is in some rue about, you know, inoculating us so that he can control us. Ultimately, I will not perpetuate such uh, theories, <laughs> although I just did on this podcast. But <laughs> I'm not talking about that kind of idea, but I am talking about People are generally afraid of maybe when they get a vaccine, it's going to give them um, some sort of, there will be a consequence or what's, yeah. Yeah. you know, the outcome isn't going to be great. And then you have others who are like, we just do it and they're not worried about it. But I just wonder what have, what has been your journey with thinking about vaccines? So I am totally geeked up about the science of the mRNA vaccines and how the scientists have developed a vaccine in such a short amount of time just is very exciting to me. Um, now, in the beginning, I did say to a few people, like, I don't want to be a guinea pig on this vaccine. So I maybe won't take it right away. Um, I have since changed my opinion. Um, and I have been fully vaccinated. I got my second vaccine on Friday. Um, and by the way, I had very minimal side effects. My arm hurt and I had a little headache. Now I know that there's a lot of people have had worse side effects. So that is a true thing. Um, but in general, I feel like my public health background comes into the idea of vaccines in that preventing these large scale, um, communicable diseases that have major impacts on society and communities that it's important to be vaccinated to prevent those i.e polio measles mumps um influenza to a certain degree um and now COVID 19. um so i am although i've been back and forth on my ideas about vaccines because I am also very pro natural health and um, I've been down different roads health wise. Um, I um, am pro COVID-19 vaccine. Now I think it's exciting that there's more vaccines coming out um, that are pretty effective and I don't know. I feel like each person should do their research and decide for themselves. I'm not out like saying everybody has to get vaccinated today. 
and obviously the news reports i mean are pretty grim on how many normal citizens are able to get the vaccine mm -hmm. that is just kind of chaotic at this point but i think if we're all patient and again don't freak out people um that a lot of the population will be able to be vaccinated by the end of the winter whenever that whenever you consider that to be if you live in minnesota that's like april <laughs> <laughs> true yeah so, uh, follow-up questions no i think you covered a lot of it um I mean, there there are kind of some auxiliary questions about, you know, are we going to still have to wear masks after everybody's been vaccinated? What, a, you know, what has there been yeah. a threshold of like cases that, um, you know, if we dip down below that mm -hmm. threshold, we're, you know, we're good. Um, even in Lincoln specifically, has there been any talk about an expiration date or um, a threshold there that you know of? Um, I'm sure that there is. I don't know what those are. Like, I mean, it would make sense that once the case numbers and the, the rates of infection um, and hospitalizations are at a certain point, which I don't know what that point is, then we would be able to start taking away some of our methods of control of the disease hmm. or the virus. Mm -hmm. I don't know what those numbers are. Gotcha. I've heard people say, and it makes sense to me that by like next fall, things will be fairly back to normal. I think in the spring, it'll be a little bit less stressful, but. Like 2022 spring? It'll no, be less. like this spring. This because spring we'll less. be able to be outside of the house and. Right, 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 right. You know, more people will be vaccinated. I don't know. Yeah, I hope the temperature will go down on the as the temperature yeah. goes up. The rhetoric, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, do you know of any? I don't know of any changes Biden's made so far. I know there was a lot of talk during the campaigning and stuff of Biden making changes. Um, do you think we'll see top-down mask mandates? Um, mm -hmm. We don't need to go super into that, but yeah. I don't know if there's been any changes there. Well, didn't he do like the one that he could do the on interstate travel and mm. or is that that not finalized? That is finalized. An executive order about traveling uh, public transportation yeah. across state lines. Which I think is good. I mean, I think people in airplanes should be wearing masks because you're in a confined space with other people. So, yeah buses um, trains buses automobiles yeah. anywhere that there's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> well not automobiles cuz that's if you're not... in your car by yourself you have to wear a mask just kidding you don't that's yeah <laughs> but that's Hot what take. you're referring to right <laughs> but how much um yeah yeah i don't know and i i don't know how much i want the federal government to to dictate i would like them to play a supporting role more supportive than the trump administration um 
just even in their rhetoric and their messaging and because it this felt I feel like healthcare workers are pretty burned out me included and I don't work like in a major metropolitan area where there's lots where their ICU is full mm-hmm. and they're working extra shifts and people are dying every day mm-hmm. but that is happening all over the country and all over the world and I think healthcare people would be happier if they felt more supported and not just standing outside with a sign that says we support our healthcare workers. Like that's good. That is really good. And bring us goodies at work. Treats, many treats. treats love treats. Cup of Nurses coffee. Nurses love cookies. Um, but just toning down the temperature of the anti-masking rhetoric and the I don't know, just being more supportive about like whenever I see somebody without a mask on out in the community, like I did when we were, we went uh, skiing this weekend at Mount Crescent and there was people in line without masks. And I just, I'm afraid to say anything because I'm afraid they're going to like punch me (laughs) um, or yell at me. Um, But it just makes me very uncomfortable to see people in a confined closed space not wearing masks so we're back to the mask thing (laughs) yeah because because what i mean to your earlier points because you're saying that look that it does spread yeah it's a quick spread yeah now there are new variants yeah about and now you're you're still in an enclosed yeah place because i saw the same thing and i was wondering from your because i just Typically, I don't want to get punched neither, although I'm always ready for a wrestle. But I, but yeah, I think we, we sort of avoid those uncomfortable things. And I don't, I was wondering how you felt. Yeah, I felt very uncomfortable. Um, and I did order KN95 masks for myself to wear in public because of the new variants and because it is, because there's, I don't know. There's, but so because <laughs> again, there, I like to be prepared. <laughs> so with average listeners, and I, I include myself, you know, there still is a thought. So in the beginning, you said not to go crazy, right? Yeah. Not, don't freak. Let's not freak out. Yeah. Don't go buy a thousand rolls of toilet paper. That's not going <laughs> to help anybody. Well, it's nice to be prepared <laughs> just in case you have to go a lot and we get snowed in. But, <laughs> but no, but I mean. But then when I hear you talk about how there's a person in line and, you know, and, you know, you're frustrated, right? Yeah. It just, there are people like still thinking that, is this pandemic that bad? Now I know. Yeah. Well, I've heard people say like, I don't even know anybody that has, that's had COVID-19. Still. Still. Still, still would say that. Yeah. And and I'm like, I, I uh, guess what's your me, reaction to that? It's, we live in a global society. And there's somebody that's affected by this. And if you are a caring, considerate person, you would be concerned about them. You would be concerned about the person who, the widow who's shut in or the nursing home person who can't have any visitors or your neighbor whose business had to close. Like everybody is affected. Hmm. And when we just think about ourselves, like I just, I'm not that type of a person who just thinks about myself. I mean, I do, but 
<laughs> I do. I'm selfish too. Um, maybe I'm saying too much. Um, but I just, I can't remember your original question. I just, I wish that people cared about others more. Hmm. Fair point. The golden rule. Sure. Hammurabi's code. Hammurabi's code. Oh. Wait, wait, no. That's eye for eye. <laughs> That's right. Well, cool. I, uh, to me, that seems like a... Um, yeah. Yeah, it seems like yeah. a, a good stopping place unless you got another comment or yeah, thought you want to leave yeah. us with. Um, no, thanks for having me on. And it was a fun discussion. And I'm sure I said some things that I wish I wouldn't have. But um, <laughs> this was great. And I think that the idea of just asking questions and listening to one another um, and making our um, disagreements like more personal and not just maybe not more personal more uh real more honest where we don't just uh spout out our disagreements on social media but we actually talk about things absolutely yeah, yeah we appreciate it's the one uh, con controversial thing that we want to do on here, uh, which is um, to give people a platform <laughs> who disagree with us. I think that's the the only thing that we want to take a stand on is, you know, we don't, it doesn't, you know, we're not going to, you know, we're going to use our wise judgment, but people who disagree with you on the other side of the political spectrum by and large they're living life next door to you they're not you know right. a hateful the extremist they think they're doing what's best and so mm -hmm. th yeah that's the one kind of thing we want to take a stand on well you know if you if you like donald trump or you like joe biden it's not going to stop us from asking you questions and learning from you because you have something to contribute so amen so um yeah no thank you very yeah. much we're we're trying to grow our circle obviously we're starting very small and uh we want to go outward from here so we really appreciate you being on and uh yeah that was another episode of a better question the beginning of a new chapter for us thanks for listening thank you everyone <laughs> yep thanks for listening Bye-bye. Bye-bye.